Hi there, I'm Anne-Marie McQueen, editor of livehealthy.ae, and this is the livehealthy.ae podcast. Each week, we will interview leaders in the UAE's health and wellness community, and we'll explore topics you read about in our online magazine, the only one of its kind for men and women. And now it's time to meet this week's guest. podcast we're speaking to Sarah al and Jihan Al-Sarafi, the co-founders of Chapters in Abu Dhabi. And we're going to talk about everything to do with pregnancy, pre-pregnancy, post-pregnancy, and how women can really take care of themselves during these pivotal times in their life. And I guess I'll start off by asking whoever wants to answer, why did you start Chapters? Uh, well, I think, you know, Jihan and I are both moms too. And our own experiences, but also the experiences of people around us, our family, friends, etc. So Chapters is um, it's basically a, a prenatal and postnatal focused studio um, that was launched earlier this year, pre-COVID. <laughs> Unfortunately, we, we started at the wrong time, but I guess we were able to take it a bit uh, online and, uh, and going in the meantime. Uh, but I think the reason we started is really, like I said, from our experiences. Um, you know, we can start at the very beginning when a woman finds out she's pregnant. I know that when I found out I was pregnant, the first thing that crossed my mind was, oh my God, did I hurt my baby when I was running earlier today? Or, you know, did, did I don't know, what do I do? What do I not do? And the next day, I, you know, I immediately said, I'm going to stop and I'm going to walk on the treadmill and not do anything after that. And as naive as it sounds now, I know that many women go through that same thought process. And honestly, they just need information. They just need information. And that's really what's lacking. So I think one of the main reasons we started this was to bring awareness on the importance of moving during pregnancy because even culturally I think you know I'm I've heard a lot when I was first pregnant you know, don't bend down don't cross your legs uh you know don't hold anything heavy and a lot of women hear that uh so it's really to build awareness on moving safely but moving because it's important for the mother and the baby okay and Jihan did you have a similar experience when you when you found out you were pregnant Yes. Well, not so much. I think I'd researched into it. And I think for me, it was just a lot of conflicting evidence out there. And there's a lot of... The problem is is that the internet being so fast is that sometimes there are some advice that's given out that isn't actually professional advice. And to actually sift through it and find it is actually a little bit more difficult because it all tends to be the popular blogs versus, you know, medical websites. But it was similar. It was like constantly fighting with people about what I could exercise, what I couldn't do, and researching a lot. I think me and Sarah both are from quite active backgrounds. And then to go to a class and actually have to tell the teacher, actually, no, I shouldn't be doing that. I should be doing this instead of coming up with modifications ourselves. A lot of the time, 
when I was pregnant the second time around, I was going to pass it to Sarah, and Sarah was the one who was actually giving me modifications to do. So it was, um, it's actually just to go somewhere and feel, I can do everything here. I don't have to worry about it. That stress is taken off me. And somebody who I can trust, and someone who's actually looked into it a little bit more, I think a lot of the time our focus of people forget it's not what they're passionate about so and the advice becomes outdated before they used to suggest looking at your heart rate and now it's the talk test so what's so somebody who oh the talk test so you, you as long as you can keep talking yeah so as long as you're talking coherently and not like <laughs> between yeah, yeah. And basically, that's where it started, right? We started going to classes together, and we were going to circuit classes because that's what we like doing. And they weren't necessarily circuit classes, prenatal circuit classes. There are lots of amazing uh, prenatal yoga uh, classes, but it's not necessarily what we were looking for. And because we had done our research at that point, uh, we thought, okay, it would be safe. But it's not, you know, it's, it's not simply about modifying uh, traditional exercises. It's about um, tailoring the exercises to suit the pregnant body, not just actually not to suit it, to support it, because there are so many physiological changes that happen, uh, and we need to support that growing belly or all the muscles that are supporting, uh, but also, you know, uh, lax joints. There are hormonal changes that happen, and it's one of the reasons why we try to leave out the impact after a certain point in pregnancy. So these little things to kind of look at, and it's not to say that general circuit classes are, are bad. It's just not focused. That's just not their focus. So what can you do when you're pregnant? What can the average woman do when she's pregnant to work out? I mean, I just think yoga and Pilates and walking. That's what you, yeah. that's what society tells you that you're, you're left doing. But you're saying that's not true. You can do a lot more. Exactly. Exactly. So, sorry, you keep breaking up. Uh, so I think the one thing that we are told when we are pregnant, a lot of times, don't, 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 don't. And we need to hear more of, but actually, this is what you can do. And when we look into it, there's not much you cannot do as long as it's modified correctly. Uh, and honestly, there's so much that you can do that you, you don't even need to, <laughs> to go into the things you shouldn't. And when I say the things you shouldn't, it's, you know, um, maybe focusing on a lot of front loading like uh, planks or, or jump boxes. And again, it depends on, on, on the woman uh, and what she's done before pregnancy. If she's, you know, a CrossFit athlete that has done this for years, that her body can, um, can handle a bit more. Uh, so really, we have to relate it and take it by individual. Okay, I know I do these online uh, tramp mini trampoline classes from this woman in Los Angeles, yeah. Lexfit, and she she was doing them right up like she's disappeared, so she's obviously had her baby. She was doing the entire class except planks, uh, right up. Yeah, she was not, like I swear she was eight or nine months pregnant, bouncing on the trampoline. So she's done that before, obviously her whole life. So it's okay yeah. for her to do. How about strength training? How important is it, and how do you adjust it during pregnancy? Personally speaking, strength training was something that I did throughout my whole pregnancy and what I did beforehand. I think there is a lot of fear in it sometimes. I think it can be associated with um, bodybuilders or people going quite extreme in the weights. And 
people tend to shy away and be like, oh, no, 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 I'll just do yoga and Pilates. And kind of forget that there are elements of strength in all these exercises. And especially Pilates has a lot of similar movements with strength. And you just need to be mindful. And the main important thing is not really what exercises you can't do. It's the form that you do it in and how you correct load your body. And like Sarah says, it's not what you can't do. It's all about what you're used to doing and progressing it or dialing it down in your body and how you're feeling. It is a very personal thing. It, it's also it's also how you do it, just like Jihan was saying. I mean, we were talking about planks and that's just a simple, uh, you know, exercise. And some people can do it throughout and some people have to modify and some people shouldn't do it at all. And one of the things we try to teach in our classes is how to uh, manage uh, pressure in the in the abdominals because once you you understand how that works and this is something else we're very passionate about it's not just giving the class uh, but really educating on the body and the changes and how to support yourself during pregnancy but after pregnancy so if you if you learn how to understand your body listen to it uh, manage the pressure um, it, it, it might take you a bit further. Maybe you'll be able to do these exercises uh, a little bit longer. Uh, and if not, because honestly, it's just nine months, you know, <laughs> you'll get to it later. It's fine. You know, it's not a race. Um, so it's really teaching people how to understand their bodies and uh, do the best they can with what they have. Now, can like this work that you do when you're pregnant, it can make, it can lead to an easier delivery. Not always, but can it support your delivery and help you if you, you know, if you have a strong core in that? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it can. I, it really, it helps you build your endurance. It helps you work the muscles that you'll need for labor and supporting your body. So to make your, it does make your life easier. Um, but always, like, you can't guarantee somebody having an amazing birth. You can't guarantee these. Life. But one of the major things that I think that we focus on that a lot of women are not aware of is how important your pelvic floor is during this time and how important it is not just to do these contractions. Like as soon as people hear kegels, automatically you just like start squeezing quite quickly and, you know, it's that panic mode. <laughs> and it's forgetting that actually... Or maybe not even being told that you need to actually be able to hold a Kegel for hold for 10 seconds and actually be able to release slowly for at least five. And a lot of think about the release as much. So all of this comes into play more, which is actually more important, I think, than probably anything else that we do. Yeah. And and actually, I'd like to add on to that about, uh, about making it easier for labor, I mean, or giving birth. So... So yeah, there is a lot of advantages, but like Jihan said, you can't guarantee anything. I mean, Jihan and I worked out throughout uh, our first pregnancy, and we both ended up having emergency C-sections. There was, you know, we had relatively uncomplicated pregnancies, but just things didn't happen that way. And I think we need women to to understand that, you know, they can they can have a plan, but a lot of times it's not in our hands. As, as you know, as as we do what we can, and then on the day we have to accept what's going to happen and not be disappointed with that. Uh, disappointment is a huge thing, and, I, and this is where we come in also into the postnatal phase and how it can affect women psychologically. Um, 
for me, in my case, for example, I never even expected to have a C-section. I never, uh, I think I got into this whole thing without researching anything when it came to fitness and birth, etc. But, you know, I'm not the only one. Um, and, uh, and I didn't know what to do. I had a C-section. I was in pain. I, you know, I was told to wait till everything heals. And then after six weeks, I went to see the doctor and she told me, okay, you know, your, your scar has healed. You can go back to what does that mean? You know, what kind of exercise can I do? You know, uh, nobody told me that before I exercise, I need to check for ab separation or if my pelvic floor is functioning properly. And these are two things that really is very important to look at postnatally. And it is something we start looking into, obviously, during pregnancy. So our postnatal clients who have been with us for a while already know what to do once they give birth before they get to that six-week checkup. Um, and um, it's important to ask the questions. So again, like I said, we're so passionate about educating. It's not just about giving classes. It's about letting them know their options and what they should look into. So when they get into that six-week checkup, ask your doctor. You know, if they, don't, if they can't check it, that's totally fine. That's not their speciality. Let them refer you to, to a woman's health physio. I mean, women's health, we saw, we both saw women's health videos uh, the second time around for me at least, and it changed my life. It changed my life. I ignored symptoms. I ignored symptoms for such a long time because I thought this is normal. This is what, so the second time around, I had a, a VBAC or a, a vaginal birth uh, after C-section, and I thought, ooh, you know, I could probably jump into exercise two weeks later. And every time I pushed myself, my body was like, oh, you know, you know, hip pain, uh, feeling of heaviness down there, and I waited, and I waited, and I thought, this is going to go, this is going to go, and then six months later, I was like, I can't do this, <laughs> and I finally went to see someone, and there are people, there are people that can help, um, you know, rehabilitate, uh, help you out of the pain, or, or just to change your life, I mean, <laughs> I don't know why a lot of women, it, sometimes it can be embarrassing. People don't want to talk about, you know, not being able to hold a pee in, for example, or every time they jump in a, in a bounce class, uh, you know, they pee a little or whatever it is. I'm just giving a small example. So, uh, but this is what they, this is what these professionals do. And we should, we should really uh, seek the help. And, and, and this is, again, sorry, this is something else that we, we, we've been doing. So just connecting, uh, connecting our clients and our followers to the different professionals uh, in, in the field. But it's very important to work as a community and collaborate. And I think this is something that's missing, uh, actually. Um, just information around the whole prenatal, postnatal uh, chapters. Yeah, if you don't have a doctor who's switched on, then they're not going to, like, it's sort of an old school thing that you just have to deal with these things. But there are women's health physios. And then I guess if, the idea is that women come to you when they're pregnant and then they sort of get that support and that sort of, you know, woman talk and talking openly about these things. And I imagine, you know, it's not comfortable to, for a lot of women to talk about these things, right? There's shame involved. And, and I want to talk a little bit about, because we talked earlier about birth is sort of traumatic. It's not sort of, it is traumatic, right? If, if, you, if you go in and you have an emergency C-section, that's, that's been a traumatic time. And you're going to have some, you know, some holdover from that. So can you talk a little bit about that, dealing with that? Honestly, like you said, it, it, it's traumatic, but it doesn't matter whether you've had a C-section or, you know, 
and vaginal birth. I don't know if you should call it vaginal or natural. All births are now natural, I feel. Um, but it's it's still a lot on the body. There's so much that happens. I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, during pregnancy, everything is pushed upwards and aside to fit that baby in, and, and so many things changes. And then during birth, I mean, to birth a baby, that's that's quite traumatic for the body. I'm not saying it's definitely traumatic for the mom. Maybe some some people don't don't feel that way, but for the body physically, it it is traumatic. And um and you know we actually as we we started our our postnatal online program about three weeks ago now, and we you always see three different categories of of women. There are the women who you know are ready to force their bodies into, you know, moving again and getting back to what they were uh, pre-pregnancy. And and a lot of times these women are already thinking about that in, in the last few weeks before giving birth is how I'm going to get my body back. And somebody asked me that just a couple of days ago. I'm worried about uh, getting my body or that my body won't look the same. And it won't look the same. You just had a baby. You just had a baby. You're, you're you know, everything's been stretched out. And it's a shock, actually, when you you don't realize. You think that once the baby's out, you know your your belly's going to be back to normal, uh, and then you look in the mirror and everything is sagging, and <laughs> you know it's but but you know it's you, you have to meet your body where it's at. So if you have you know that group of women that are in a hurry and they'll push their bodies um, uh, more than they need to, and then those that realize how much strength uh, and stamina they've lost in the last few weeks, and they just kind of waited out hoping that things will get back to normal. And then you have those that listen to their bodies and, and, and meet their bodies where they are at that time, uh, really respect what they've been through. Um, and this is where we try to kind of, I want to say talk <laughs> our, our, our clients uh, into. It's, it's, not, it's not easy. It's not easy. I mean, it's easier said than done. We both went through it. I still struggle with that. And I've had my second album over two years ago, you know? Um, so, I think, I think, did I answer your question? <laughs> yeah, how do you feel about it? Like, how do you feel about, um, you know, that pressure? There's that pressure, too, to, like, get your body back in Hollywood and Bollywood, and none of it makes it easy, right? They make it seem like it's just, like, poof. Yeah, so I think a lot of the time there is kind of, like, women's pregnant bodies are kind of like revered and it's all like oh look she's pregnant people kind of like you know they move out of your way you're pregnant sit down don't you know don't do a lot of things again but um once you once you get birth and it's not even like the focus shifts off you to the baby that's not that's just kind of a natural thing but also you're kind of expected to this whole media perception of bounce back, lose weight. How quickly can you fit into your old clothes? How quickly can you look the same? And it's a very weird, um, weird thing because a lot of women, if you have had a C-section, you've had major abdominal surgery, and you know you may have had a three or four degree tear. And people are just expecting you, and people kind of commend you if you go back to being skinny. Everybody talks about. You know, they're like, oh, you look so good. I can't believe you've had a baby. Your body's gone back. And I feel a lot of the time people are like that. And people kind of like, if you have gone back to your pre-pregnancy weight, people are like, what did you do? What secret was it? And they don't want to hear like, yeah, I didn't do anything for... So I Like me personally, I got cleared 
from C-section the second time around four weeks after my C-section. I was cleared for exercise. I mean, I didn't exercise. I got referred to a physiotherapist to then start on exercising. So I had that. And then maybe about eight weeks to come back to a normal class with medication. I had already qualified. I already knew what I could do. And yeah, I'm, I'm probably probably back to my wedding movie. So like, it's all great, but it did take me a really long time. And honestly, I bounced back in quotation marks a lot faster when taking the right steps. And I think a lot of the time people are kind of, they jump into cardio. They want that intensity. They want that um, quickly just lose weight. And I think a lot of the time, most of the programs aimed for women, unfortunately, also do that. They don't focus on replenishing you, giving you the energy, it will come. It doesn't happen overnight. But what's wrong with waiting nine months to get back to that body that is strong and not have any problems post that? And then at this time, physically, your child is humbling, I imagine. But yeah, also emotionally, you're going through a roller coaster of emotions from hormones and this new responsibility that's been thrust upon you or you know, if it's your second or third, doesn't get any, you know, doesn't get, I've heard it's not times two, it's like times five of the work. So you're really struggling, you can be really struggling, right, during that time. So how do you guys cope with that and how do you help your, how do you help your clients cope with it? Uh, I think luckily, I was going to say a lot of our clients with exercise do, um, do have that release of endorphins and that helps. We do. We are very open about talking about the fourth trimester and post-baby blues and stuff. And your hormones are trying to get back to their normal levels. And I think that's one of the things uh, most moms, and I don't know, Sarah, if you agree with me, most moms are like, we didn't expect to be hormonal after giving birth. We expected it to be just pregnancy. <laughs> after giving birth, and you're tired and everything. It's so much worse. It's like anything your husband says is like, shut up, you're just not doing it right. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think it's 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 quite a tricky time after, and you know we spoke about um, or we mentioned that uh, women don't necessarily talk about the downside of things, but only how you know good the pregnancy was, or you know how 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 good they felt afterwards. But for me, the first time around, I think everything was a shock because. I honestly thought that having a baby was going to be all fun and games, <laughs> and it wasn't. <laughs> it really wasn't. I I was exhausted. You know, there's there's the whole breastfeeding journey that a lot of women, uh, uh, you know, suffer through. Uh, there is the stress. There's all the noise. There are the people who are telling you, no, you know, you should only breastfeed, or those who are like, you know, don't, and um, basically telling you what to do and what not to do and what's right and what's wrong for your baby, for yourself, etc. So there's just a lot to handle. And, you know, um, in a lot of cultures, there's this whole first 40 days uh, or the 40 days of confinement, they call it. And I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, I, I wouldn't want to stay home for 40 days. What am I going to do? But I realized that actually, you know, the first time I... I ended up staying at home for 40 days without even realizing. I did not want to go out. I was exhausted. I actually didn't want to be seen. <laughs> and I didn't want people to come over to see me. I just wasn't in the mood. I didn't feel myself. I didn't 
and this is something else you, you your body feels foreign to you your mind feels foreign everything is is different and weird and um and a lot of women go through that and don't necessarily show it or people around them don't understand it or how they can support them it's really a difficult time exercise is something obviously that helps again there's we recommend that women don't exhaust themselves the first few weeks um it is a recovery period again the first 40 days is there for a reason and a lot of cultures that a lot of times we ignore and it's very fast-paced world you know we just want to you know we've had a c-section three days later we're at the mall why <laughs> if you can stay home and you can rest give respect your body respect your body enough to give it the chance to recover on its own you know feed it right rest as much as you can rest because you have a you have a newborn <laughs> who wakes up every couple of hours who who maybe maybe you're breastfeeding on demand so you know you're constantly you're constantly up uh, your nervous system is all over the place. Um, you're, maybe you're eating well. Maybe you're not. There's there's so many things that come into play, um, and uh, you know we we like we we like to tell people to really not push themselves into anything uh, in the beginning and really take their time. And actually, even if we look at um, you know a, a abdominal separation after birth, a lot that happens between week you know week one and week six just by doing absolutely nothing. So if you give yourself the chance for recovery, you know, you're you're actually, and just supporting that recovery, so supporting it through breathing, through, through gentle core activation, through resting, etc., rather than doing something that might injure you and postpone your recovery. In my case, that's what happened. It wasn't about ab separation or anything. It's just, you know, I ignored, uh, I ignored signs for a very long time. And you know, I maybe I had a goal to run a 10k a year later. I'm I'm two and a half years postpartum, and I'm just trying to get to that goal now, just because I keep ignoring the symptoms, and there's so much that I can do to fix it. So so you know, it's injury prevention, just like anything else. Going through birth is like going through surgery or whatever it is for a, for you know for a knee pain or for or hip replacement, or whatever it is, there is rehab afterwards, right? It is, you know, Jihan yeah. spoke of abdominal surgery, it is a major abdominal surgery for C-section, but maybe you also had really bad tears. You need a recovery period, and this is something people don't mention. Uh, because uh, birth is such a natural thing that's had, you know, that women have done all their lives, <laughs> uh, you don't think of it as something that needs rehabilitation. You don't want to be the one complaining. Like, we're women. We don't, yeah. we don't want to be the one complaining. We just get on with it, right? You're like, well, what that, that hanging over your head of women have been doing this since the beginning of time. Yeah. You did it's, this it's honestly thing. saying, it's honestly saying, just thank God you have a healthy baby. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. It is kind of like, yeah. You have a healthy baby. Everything should be fine. It's even now in lockdown when it's like, oh, I'm exhausted by my kids. You'll never get this time again. It's like, I know that. I didn't want to sell them. <laughs> I want to ask you, what you, what should you stop saying to, what should you stop saying to pregnant women and women who just having had children? Like, I've just heard you say that. At least you had a healthy baby. Just let's stop saying that. That's just not helpful, right? Yeah. If people stop saying well, that. Well, it's, I mean, oh, yeah, my baby slept through the night. And all I got was, well, you're yeah. fine. Go out. Your baby sleeps through the night. I'm still running around after a child. He still wakes up at five or six or seven a.m. Right. 
Yeah, that's another thing. I think it's not about what not to say, but what to say. And um, what happens is that, you know, the focus shifts from the beautiful pregnant mama to the baby. And then what happens to the mom and the person who gave birth to this baby? I don't know. <laughs> She's somewhere in the background. And I mean, I, I think all, all, all women with babies kind of go through this. But if you have people visiting or family coming, no one says hi to you. Everybody like runs to the baby. <laughs> Nobody asks, how are you feeling? You know, and, uh, and it's just important to listen and, and see how the mother is feeling because it's a very vulnerable time. It's a really vulnerable time, the, the first few weeks after birth. Yeah, I think a lot of the time you see a lot of mums also struggling around and stuff, and it's just like, can I help? Can I hold the baby while you try to do something? It's just being maybe a little bit aware that this person might be in a vulnerable stage, especially early on. Maybe a bit frazzled. <laughs> like you've spent the entire life, and then all of a sudden, boom. Yeah, come on. Um, that sort of leads to a question about how a community like yours can be so helpful when maybe your sisters and your aunties and your mom and grandmother are, but maybe like a younger crew that can sort of be in your like mind. So you you have launched a postnatal program, but now you're about to launch a prenatal program. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Because if people can join that, then they can sort of be with you through. Yeah. So, uh, we did, uh, we did launch our postnatal program a couple of weeks ago, so three weeks ago. And we thought, uh, you know, doing this as a program rather than uh, individual classes is a lot more helpful because the women get to kind of be with the same group and progress with the same group week on week. And when it comes to prenatal, which actually the program we are, it's an online program that we are launching in, so week starting July 26. Uh, and again, it's, it's building a community, right? So if you have the same group of women that are there for every class, they can, and you know, we start a WhatsApp group, so they, they all have each other's contact details and they need to get in touch with each other. And we did uh, pre-COVID, <laughs> pre-community walks. So we would pick a location every week and, uh, you know, anyone's welcome. You know, it's a free complimentary walk. You don't even have to be a member or, you know, one of our clients. And that was lovely because we had a group of moms, whether they were prenatal or post, that were able to come together, you know, get out, get some air, get some exercise. And women find that they have so much in common and it just helps. It just helps to know that you're not the only one out there. And then they have recommendations on, you know, you know, things to do or people to see or, or whatever it is. It's really important to build that community. When I had my first to be, to be fair, you know, I, I, I'm lucky that I live uh, here with my whole family. You know, everyone is here to help and I had all the help I could get. Uh, but it's not the same, you know. <laughs> my mom had kids years ago. She probably forgot most of the things that I was asking her about. And another thing about the older generation is that they don't really say, they don't really like talking about, you know, intimate things, you know. It's like, why am I feeling this way here? Why? Oh, that's normal. It will go away. Or, you know, oh, I didn't feel that. You really didn't feel that, didn't, you know. Um so definitely having a group of people kind of in the same uh, situation. For me, I was invited into this WhatsApp group of moms. And honestly, I was on it almost 24-7. Any question I had, you know. And, and then seeing that there were other moms who had the same questions or who had an answer for me literally that same second or who, who was up at 3 or 4 a.m. because, you know, they were nursing or whatever it was. It's, it 
it's so, so helpful. It's really, it's such a, it's a good support network, and this is something that we try to bring in as well. Uh, I remember my best friend. She didn't want to join one of those groups years and years ago. <laughs> Mommies, I don't want to sit around with a coffee. And I said, you're going to be very lonely. I, I'm not going to help you. I don't have any kids. And she has best friends to this day. She said it was the best thing she ever did. And I think there's women, you know, kind of, if you're first child, you kind of have that attitude. You're a bit of a snob, maybe. You don't, <laughs> this girl yeah. Or, I don't know. You don't want to become yeah. a stereotype of a mom. <laughs> And you're scared of losing your old self. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And those women will help you keep your old self, if you know, because they're yeah. going exactly yeah. what you are, as opposed to a lonely experience. So, okay, now where can people find you? So they can find us on Instagram. It's probably one of our best uh, ways to find us. So at chapters.ae, and we also have a website where we actually post um, blog information and things like that so that's also an easy source of information for them and we've got collaborations from physios and other professionals on these um like little pockets of information and then we also are contactable on our email so info at chapterstudio.com so there are several and post-covid hopefully walking back together and fitness classes in in real life and those things coming back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, hopefully. And we'll keep everyone up to date on that. Currently, we still have our studio location in Tangipa City. We're obviously not giving any classes there, seeing as we work with, you know, prenatal and postnatal ladies. <laughs> uh, but hopefully soon, hopefully soon. Obviously, it's always nice uh, to have live sessions and see people face to face. But it also seems that, you know, online is convenient for a lot of moms. So uh, it works either way. Lovely to talk to you, ladies. You're doing great work, and moms, check out chapters.ae. They're they're doing good stuff. Have a great day. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you for inviting us. That's it for this week. If you liked the podcast, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We'll see you next time on the livehealthy.ae podcast.